Welcome team. Now you know when I say team, I try to bring to you people that are at the top of their game. That's my mission with this podcast, is bring to you people who are at the top of their game. My guest today has... I don't even know where to start with this. You've always been at the top of your game, no matter what stage of your career. Denny Badiris. Mate, first of all, thanks for coming on. Um, But I do want to just go with that top of your game topic for a second before we start chatting over a coffee at the Stanford Hotel in South Australia. The sun's coming in our room. It's beautiful. Um, Bedsy, when I say top of your game, as a player, you're at the top of your game. You've you've captained your club, you've won premierships, you've captained your state, New South Wales, to Origin Series wins, you've you've won World Cups, you've um, as a player you reach the absolute pinnacle. Then as a coach, you've been at the top of your game. You're working with the best players in the game, you've helped develop some of the best players in the game. We work together, that's why we're here in Stanford planning the Origin campaign this year. So as a coach you're at the top of your game. As a broadcaster, I mean, a lot of people want to commentate on footy. Mm. Not everyone gets their head on TV. As a broadcaster, you're at the top of your game, working with Fox. And now you've just taken on a role as general manager of football at the club you love, Mm. the Newcastle Knights. So now in your professional life, you're also at the top of your game. You're about to lead your club. Your job starts on tomorrow yeah. <laughs> um, uh, your last day with fox was two days ago as we record this so mate well, i don't even know where this chat's gonna go but the <laughs> listeners <laughs> are privileged. <laughs> the listeners are privileged you are at the top of your game no matter what you do so i need to dig pretty deep there yeah so anyway welcome welcome mate thank you i've um i'm really honored to be on the podcast for starters but here we're down in South Australia, so I do take on a lot of jobs at times, um, but I've and my Fox one has to finish up because I've gone on to a, a general manager role, which um, the opportunity and the excitement for me and, and my family around that is um, is something like uh, I'm really going to step into the job confident. So that, that's the biggest thing, I think, stepping into a role like that, knowing what you can bring. Um so you only know what you know and you only know what you don't know. So stick to your strengths. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I've always tried to stick to my strengths and that's with everything as you were talking about in the leading to our conversation here. But stick to what you know and your strengths and have a, a growth mindset. I think that's the biggest thing and, and learn along the way and learn by experiences. So um, I'm sure there's going to be a, a hell of a lot of experiences becoming a GM. Um, but uh, there's also some strengths I can bring to the table in and around um, – you know standards culture uh, what what you represent and i think that's the newcastle way i guess you could say so uh, those things are probably why i've been brought back to the club excited for uh, working with the head coach and the direction where the club's going so uh, that was why i pretty much got involved to to be to be along the head coach to work out how we can bring some success back to this uh, great region of ours well betsy on a lot of the podcast before the listeners will hear me refer to i always i always go down three a three-step process of do you know what to do do you have the resources to do it and do you really want to do it so and i could break that down in your footy career but i'm just mm-hmm. going to go there straight away with this general manager's role you clearly tick number three you really want to do it because yeah. you've just made 
sacrifices to do it. You've made big decisions to do it. You've sacrificed a very good career in the media. Um, you clearly want to do it. The passion you have for that club is always evident in any conversation yep. or any time. So you tick number three. You've got the resources to do it. You've got the support. You've got the club. They've got, they have resources yep. and they're on the up in that area. And you've, I know you've got good people around you. And the bit about do you know what to do, the, what I loved, you mentioned before, growth mindset. Yep. You're always going to be learning and wanting to know how to do that. We've just had a little walk and talk with the great Peter Parr, yeah. and, uh, who's very experienced in that role. And the whole time I hear you learning. And it, when you just mentioned that before, everyone talks about growth mindset, but if it's just a word, it's just mm. a word, you actually live it. I remember I had a year off full-time professional work in sport and Wayne Bennett encouraged me to stay involved he said you have to just keep your he offered me a job actually at the nights and I didn't take it and he he got me to come up there once a week that's when you return as a player yeah. so here I am working with you as a player and there's to be fair there wasn't much I could add to your game at you, that stage. you could add some speed <laughs> you definitely could add some speed but what happened was I love turning up because you always, you were like a sponge. You was like, you, you still wanted to learn. So when you just mentioned that growth mindset, that's a bit of a fad word, but you live it. You, li you were living it right to the end of your career. Yep. And that was my first impression of you. I mean, we always kind of knew each other, but I just had this impression of what a pro mm. you were, you know, and I, I really liked that. And now... Some of the things you mentioned there, I, I just want to emphasise to the people listening is they can either be just words or you can actually live yeah. it. So, mate, I know you're going to kill this role that you're in and that club is going to be so much better for it. Let's start talking football career. Let's go back 20 years. Let's go. It's a long way. Yeah, <laughs> or even longer. Even longer. Um, leadership. Now, leadership is... Another fad word and a, and a hundreds of billion dollar industry, $366 billion yeah. industry, if you Googled it. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about your lessons in leadership because you are, like I said at the start of the episode, you've led your club to championships, you've led your state, uh, but I want to know lessons you've learned in leadership and I want to go straight to the time you were named state of origin mm. captain because we have chatted about this before and I'd love to share it with people. Yeah. Tell me about when you were made captain, what that felt like, because that team was full of other leaders from their own clubs, right? Yeah, well, first and foremost is I don't think you're born a leader. I think you, you can become a leader. That's I think everyone maybe goes wrong there. I think that, And that's that was my fault, I, I think. Um, from I doubted myself straight away um, when I was, had the opportunity from Phil Gould to when he asked me to be captain of, of the state, straight away, no, I'm not a leader, I'm not a leader, but because I felt like I, I wasn't one at that time, but I could become one, and that's what he said, you know, so um, he said, you've got all the attributes we want as a leader, um, you speak with your actions, um, communicating to your team through words, that'll that'll come, um, but at the same time, if you can walk the walk the talk, it, it, you're fine, and that's that's one thing that I've always, you know, had that relationship with Gus, he gave me an opportunity around that. So I walked back into the dressing room and he said, mate, you got to the end of the day to give me a yes or no. I walked back in there and like you said, there's 
five or six club captains sitting in that team. And first thing I went around and had to think about it. Uh, I didn't have long. I only had five or ten minutes to th- talk to these guys. And I said, what would you think if I was to become captain? And they said, I said, would you follow me? And they said, of course we would. I said, they said, but don't change. Whatever you do, don't change. And that's, if you, if you haven't got any followers and you want to be a leader, I think you're only taking a walk. I think it just doesn't happen. It's um, you need a real good following group to you know, to understand what you're about. And so all those guys I had a really close relationship with um, beforehand. But then all of a sudden I'm going to be captain. I asked the question, "Will you follow me?" And they said, "Of course." Uh, so off we went. I said, "Yes, Gus. We're uh, we're going to become captain. Um, you've got one. You've got one in me, and I'll do everything I can to." Um, at the same time, you're going to have to help me, have some support around a few things, but we're going to get through it and it's going to be a big series. Uh, so coming to camp and all of a sudden we've had a, a drama, uh, a social drama in around a, a bonding night. So my leadership was questioned straight away because I went back and told probably half a dozen guys not to go into the um, cross and they've gone into the cross and all of a sudden it's kicked off. It's kicked off. So we've had... $50,000 fines, we've had two or three guys suspended for that game, they couldn't play, so I felt I didn't feel really good, put it that way, because my leadership was uh, challenged from a point of view, how did you communicate the message of not going out again, we've had a great night, don't go back out into the cross, so, and the that's old... That's a hard thing to do when you're yep. at that time of night with young blokes, it's, that's a hard thing to tell them, don't go again, but... Yep, I did So you felt you were questioned... Yeah, well, I did the next day. I did the next yeah. day. So uh, I had some really hard lessons around that. Um, once again, I sp- going back to the start of this podcast, I spoke about experiences yeah. uh, and learning as you go through them. So that was a learning one for me. And um, so we sort what of went... What happened that game after that? We won, You're but winning. it sort of ripped, the, ripped our preparation apart. Our yeah. preparation was terrible because we had that much heat on us. So. Yeah. We had to go away. The best thing about camp, we sort of break it up into threes. You bond, you yeah. do your get-to-knows, and then you do your hard work, yeah. and then you fine-tune. fine, fine tune. So we went home for the weekend. Uh, we had a chance to all go and collect our thoughts, yeah. and then we got came back into camp for our fine-tuning part. So, um, you know, I, I sort of had to take control there. I thought I had to take control. Uh, once I went home, and so when we come back in, we're just going to get together as a group, and we're going to just talk about what we've just gone through and how, how we're disappointed. But at the same time, we've got to move forward, just put it, in that that first part of the preparation fix put it, it back there and fix it, it. Yeah. forget it yeah, yeah and let's move forward and once we all move forward we move forward together and we don't think about that until we break again and come back into camp if you want to think about it. but we've got a game to win we've got a game to win and we went out and had a real tight victory uh, and we gone out a win so it was a really good game so going to game two um i learned straight away about the bonding night for game two. <laughs> <laughs> adjusted that a little. Adjusted that just a tad. <laughs> but the biggest thing there through Gus, and as I said uh, before, it's, I said, mate, you're going to support me. And he said, mate, I'm going to bring Brad Fittler back. So he's there brought, we go. There we brought the back, <laughs> the great Brad Fittler back. So once again, how did I feel for my leadership? Um, I've got a growth mindset. I want to learn off Freddie. So I had to sort of suck it up a little bit in the same sense and go, well, obviously I didn't do the job right in the first one, but I'm all about learning and learning to be better and what great opportunity to bring back Brad Fittler and learn under Freddie. So yeah. that's why I had to cap- and then I had to come to terms with captaining Brad Fittler. So. so just going back on Brad Fittler, for the listeners that may not follow rugby league, he had retired from representative 
rugby league. He was one of the greatest leaders ever. Captain yep. his country, captain his state, captain his club to premierships. The same way you did. Yep. Um, you'd played with him, and obviously he was your leader before. Yep. Was that a bit? And also, by the way, if you haven't listened, he's one of the best episodes, one of the first episodes of this podcast series. So flick through the screen and go back to listen to that if you haven't already, listeners. Uh, Freddie's thing about leadership is, again, it's just a, it's a word, it's a mm. title. He's not into titles. He's, he was all about actions, and behaviours. That's it. That's his big thing around leadership and yep. culture is. You don't even have to have the title no. to be a leader. But you had the title and all of a sudden he's coming back. What was one of the first lessons you've learned from him? Actions. Actions and, and standards as you just spoke about. Hey, So we've jumped on the bus to go to Wentworth Park at the time. It was our, our training session. It was just early in our preparation as I spoke about breaking it into threes. It was into our bonding sort of time together, just getting, getting a group together. But it was a training session. So I just thought it was a you know, a warm-up. So we're just doing a little simple pass drill, just a pass, 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 handoff, pass, 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 handoff. And Freddie's just grabbed me from about 15 metres away, his eyes, his eyes grabbed me, as if to say, is he looking at me? He's piercing straight through me. And I sort of, I sort of looked at him, he just nodded, his, sort of shook his head. We kept on doing it, and it wasn't to his liking, you can tell straight away. He grabbed, he grabbed, grabbed my attention again with his eyes and just started shaking his head and just whispered after training after training so straight away i knew the standard wasn't right grabbed me after training said come here he said are you happy with that i said well obviously the training session got better as it went on um it was that was you know we got to where we wanted to he goes but what about the start when i when i spoke to you i looked at you at the start i said that probably wasn't right standard was it he goes mate no there's there's no warm-ups mate there's no warm-ups in origin you have to hit this ground running and you think that's your standard that's going to get this series one and that's nowhere near that's going to get this 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 series one because that's just not the standard. So I've never forgotten that, and that's there's no warm ups in Origin. So so what I loved the first time you told me that story, Bedsy, you told me his exact words were, "Never on your watch yeah. will you tolerate that again." Yeah, and you just went away and soaked that up and had a think. You yeah, thought about it and. You've, you obviously you've taken that with you through through your career after that yep yep once again it's an experience i've learned from and, and that's yeah. something that um you never forget and they're just little bits of gold along your career and that's one thing i'll always say to a young guy that's starting off his career just always take something away take something away that you can bank you know you just put in the can and just bank it and then when you need to call on it again it's there that experience is there and and you put it out on the table and just that's your standard so yeah mm. that's awesome and and you won the series, right? We won the series. So we got beat in a, in a close contest game too, but uh, we had a, a great grand three. It was, you know, I think Freddie scored right at the end of the game in game three and looked around. He's got on the post off a charge down and put the ball under the post um, to really signal, sign off on his origin career and looked around and he thought it was a new... I'm getting a little bit of chill talking about it. He looked around and there was about eight young guys because we were just obviously celebrating Bradfield the score. What a legend. He's come back to help us. We won the series. Looked around. It was a new dawn of blue because there was just a young, a real young, youthful generation coming at him. And I think that's one thing when he told me, he goes, mate, I've signed off on this now. This is over to you. The baton's over to you. Now you've got to carry it on. So that was that combination that that bond that we shared through that series is still there today and that's why we're working together um right now to make sure in in 2020 um 
we, we get this series done again. So it's all come back around and that's what Origin is. It's um, out of the game for me, you get you get experiences and, and real relationships and mates. That's That's the biggest thing I get out of the game. You just mentioned relationship and mates and some people ask me about what is the secret of the crew we have now and the Origin staff and my big... My firm, very firm belief is that Freddie's put a team around him that he trusts with his life. And if you have the opportunity to do that in your workplace is to have a team of people that you trust. So when I walk in there, you know, I, I consider him one of my best mates in the game and yeah. I always try to build him up. He always tries to build me up. I trust him with my life and he trusts me with his life. But then I see the other people he's he has you're like i mean you've shared experiences with him that i haven't and when i see you two work together it's the closest thing like you could ever see in the coaching game the trust between you two are like you're like brothers then he brings in greg alexander Mm -hmm. who's like uh, almost like a blood brother to him i mean freddie's got brandy's brother's name tattooed on his arm they are very close i think they're godparents to each other's kids that's how close they are and he brings in Joey, it's Andrew mm. Johns is the same. Yeah. Like I, I just feel, even like he brings in Paul Sirenen as a manager, uh, as a one of the staff who who even mentored Freddie when he was a kid, yeah. who put his arm around Freddie when Zero was playing Origin and Freddie was a young kid. And yeah. So he's everyone around him to then Pari he trusts as the ultimate pro. He's got Jody who, like, there's just a team that it's really hard to explain to people how powerful it yeah. is when everyone is not not on the same page. That's a, that's a bit of a cliche. And it's like they're on the same sentence. Mm. They're on the same word. They're on the same. They are they are just together, you know. Yeah. Like it's yeah, you, you and him. You, oh, Fitzy, yeah. bringing Fitzy in. Like the way they trust each other. Mm. They, I mean, they have experiences where they defended next to each other for hundreds yeah. of games. Like. Yeah. That's a deep, deep mm. trust. It's not like just a pretend one. Yep. It's not a word, you know. I talk about teams in cohesion. Uh, so that's that relationship you've had with that person. I'm a big believer around that. And when you bring someone new into that, you've got to make sure, uh, hopefully you've had a relationship with them over the years. And if they do, you, you've got a more of a cohesive team. So I think from a staff point of view, you've got a real cohesive team. Um one of the great things about a leader is not trying to micromanage and Freddie's not one of those. He'll empower you with uh, with trust and he'll he'll want you to do what you do best in your job and I think that's why this team really works as well because you feel like you've got some ownership on it um, but you've got some standards as well. So that's that's one of the good things about Freddie as a coach. He's, you know, he's empowering other people to be the best they can in their roles and without being you know, just looking over their shoulder the whole time. Has he ever had one of those moments that you had as a player? Now, when he's your boss working, has he ever said to you, "Yeah," has he had to be nice and honest and direct with you? Yeah, I had yeah. my philosophies around a few things, and he goes, "Mate, I don't think that's right." And I said, "Well, I do," and I, we've had this conversation. So I said, "That's what I, that's what I believe in, and that's what you believe in, and that's great." Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk about it. And by the time you walk away from that that meeting it's just a debate on two different points of opinion we're together and that's that's the biggest biggest thing and if you can compromise and that's what i think another good thing in leadership and relationships is if you can compromise and find out what best works for your team at that time move forward that's what makes you even stronger again that's interesting oh yeah i was really curious if you've had to have 
I mean, that would have been confronting back when you were playing and he said so you'd never on your watch tolerate that yeah. again. Like that would have been, you know. Yeah. He's never had an issue with having a hard conversation, nah. Freddie. He has, and that's why I was curious, um, he sleeps well at night because he's happy to have a tough conversation. Yeah. He has this thing that you have a tough conversation, you live a happy life. Yeah. Like if you're not afraid of mm. There's no anxiety or there's nothing built up around it. He just has it, move on. Mm. and But you've got to have that deep trust thing going on or else those things yep. those things can go a bit haywire. So, yeah, I was curious if you've had that with him as a star. <laughs> I've had a couple. Oh, yeah. But I tell you what, um, we we talk about trust them and then if you, the trust is so strong, then back yourself. Let's talk about backing yourself because... Freddie has staff. You you mentioned he he wants to empower you. He's actually telling his staff back yourself, mm. make a decision. Mm. He's had to back himself and make some big decisions mm. as a coach. Mm. I mean, he had so many people doubting him from game one, two thousand eighteen game one. He picked twelve new players, yep. and you're a part of yep. picking that. And then last year we picked seven new players for game two. The whole country, for the listeners that don't understand Origin, the whole of Australia has an opinion on Origin. It's the most watched It's the biggest game. show. It's the biggest show. So everyone has an opinion and everyone's, well, a lot of people's opinion, where Freddie's off his head. Mm. What's he doing? But he backed himself. Yep. And uh, then he gets staff, you call it empowering staff, but he tells staff to back himself mm. and he tells players to back himself. Yep. Like... What an environment to work in. It's such a powerful, positive environment. Yeah. And he's not scared of anyone else's opinion. So the opinions out there, it doesn't really matter. It's what we believe. So how was that experience for you? Uh, you know, because you were part of some of these big decisions. Yeah. How was that experience? Well, yeah, the, the 12 new ones, was a, that was exciting because it's a, it was a blank canvas. We came in and... Um, it was an opportunity. Queensland have been so dominant for for de- for a decade. They've been, a, you know, at the forefront of everything about Origin. You know, and we were looking that from afar, and um, we were in the pathways together, the 16s, 18s, 20s at New South Wales, getting them ready to to uh, come through into the the top arena. And so we knew a lot of these kids. We knew a lot of their character, and we understood what we wanted the team to look like from an effort. Um, also standards point of view and it was all character and that was the, the thing with the 12 that we picked we wanted to pick them all on character uh, talent need talent there's no doubt but what are you going to really rely on in, in the in the heat of battle is character so that's why we sort of said right let's go let's get it done and we, we got it you know had a, a great opportunity to start fresh with some new guys to, to bring in and I think the team was ready the state was ready to really adopt a new a new group and we do this motorbike ride we go for thousands of kilometers every year we go all through regional new south wales and we got an understanding of what do they think about the origin team and so we formulated our opinions uh, around that a little bit okay what do we what are those people who do we represent out in the far far west of new south wales and we want to really connect with those people and they're hard-working character building resilient people so we sort of went back and said right let's let's get these these players that want to really reflect these real hard-working people of New South Wales. So that's what we did. A lot of guys came into the team and really embraced what we were about. Um, Origin, you're not going to make them better players at the end of the day, but you've got to connect with them and change their mindset to be to be one. 
and I think that's a big strong point of Freddie's. So, um, but he always trusts his gut. After game one uh, last year in 2019, he trusts his gut on a big decision that had to be made, and uh, he knew what he had to do straight away after the game. Yeah, which, and I'll share uh, my experiences as being part of this. So some people thought Freddie was a rookie coach, so I'd worked with him on his other rep team camps for probably the last 10 years and he's no rookie he'd been we'd been tinkering away and he'd been planning on how what he needs by the time by the time he was made origin coach he was so ready he wasn't a rookie he just had 10 years of preparing and tinkering with how he wants the team to look how his camps will run the type of support team he would build so it was nothing new to me when I knew his values of picking on character and what he, how he wanted it to look. But you mentioned that character word a few times, so I just want to emphasise the reason why you want you want people with good character is because you can trust them. We keep working, we keep mentioning this word trust. You pick guys that you could trust, and and then the bit about following his gut. You could tell someone to back himself, but. If they don't have the experience behind them or the skills behind them or the knowledge behind them, it's easy to say, oh, back yourself. But it was a deep trust in his decision that he was making a decision, a strong decision. So, you know, like if I tell my kids, oh, back yourself, mate, well, as long as you've, got, you've done the work, as long as you've practised enough, like as long as you've studied enough or whatever it is you're into, uh, you can't just say back yourself without having this really strong foundation behind it so i'll share with you betsy my story of and i'm with you like i think you're possibly with me this night john chalk great man was a president and i cherish his story now because we no longer have him with us he passed away last year he the night before origin one in 2018 he puts a beer down on the table and he says hayden I'm going to give you the same advice I gave Freddie. I said, what's that, mate? And he goes, if you're ever on thin ice, don't skate on it. Fucking dance on it. (laughs) And I was like, I I wanted to hear it again. I I look at him and he goes, fucking dance on it, Aiden. Back yourself. Back yourself. And I was like, this is the president. And then I just loved it. And... Excuse the language, listeners. Sorry if you, but I had to put that word in because that's that's how it was. That was real. This was our, the, how old would Chalky have been? You know, I love talking to old Great men. Man. There's so much wisdom in there. Yep. I'm sitting there and he tells me, "Back yourself." So then, a reflection of that was the head coach backs himself, and he tells us as his staff, "Back yourself." Then the reflection of the coach is what you see on game night. The yep. players, we have players that back himself. Yep. So. Game two, the following year we're in Perth and we've made other big decisions. Freddie's, and I remember, I remember the phone call. He says, I'm, this is the team I'm going with. And he said, and I said, well, you're going you're gonna to own it. He goes, of course, I'm ready to own it. Like mm-hmm. he, he was backing himself. The whole state, the media, everyone against us, Betsy. That was a crazy <laughs> week. Even people within the state doubting us people that you would never think would doubt us were doubting us people closer to home that shouldn't have doubted us were doubting us this is how much the whole country had an opinion on these seven new picks right john chalk the president again gets me in the hotel foyer 
came to Perth one year later, puts a beer in front of me again and says to me, Aiden, I'll give you the same advice as last year. Fucking dance on it, mate. Back yourself. And I had, I've got goosebumps now listening and yep. I can picture Chalky saying it to me. He then came out on the field one day after a training drill and he gave me a little book. And I don't know if you remember that session, Bezzy, because the president doesn't usually just walk out in the middle of training. No, no. And he's walked out <laughs> and he's given me a book and I've just thrown it in my backpack, thrown it in the bag. Anyway... Chalky passed away, Bedsy, mm. and I thought, I'm going to go look for that book. I opened the book and he'd signed it, Keep Dancing on the mm. Thin Ice H. Um, it was a really nice message. I love, I've actually given that book to my daughter now. So anyway, I read the book. So it turns out Bryce Courtney was the author of the book. Chalky was into Bryce Courtney yeah. stuff, and I flicked through it. I'm reading it, and there's this little poem or quote where it says, if you're ever on thin ice, don't skate on it. Tap yeah. dance on it. So right. Chalky changed the wording, right? He always changed the wording, <laughs> he Chalky. He always changed the wording. But I guess the message across that whole story is if your leader is backing you and yeah. says back yourself, and then our leader was saying back yourself, yeah. and then we go to Origin 3 in Sydney. There's 45 seconds to go. We could have, and it's 20 all. This game's about to go to Golden Point extra time. Slipping away. Get slipping. Cameron Murray is so fatigued. I'll never forget it. We might go back there. But he, most people in his position at that point in time would possibly just dig in, get down, get tackled, play the ball. Mitchell Pearce, who had the weight of the world on his shoulders, possibly could be a bit nervous about should I risk anything here or do I just let it go to extra time and we'll see what happens. Because there's a backstory there on Mitchell Pierce, but anyway, again a reflection of the coach about backing yourself. Mitchell Pierce calls a play. Cameron Murray backs himself, passes the ball. Mitchell Pierce, who's backing himself with millions of people watching, passes the ball to Tom Travoyevich, who gives it to Fergo, who backs himself again, who passes to mm. James Tedesco, who backs himself to the corner. That. That whole thing with 45 seconds to go is a reflection of the team where we're at yep. about backing yourself. And it goes down as one of the most priceless memories and a, and a historic origin try that will be showed in another yeah. 100 years. I'll never forget that. I was out on the field and I looked back and, and Freddie's running on the field. 30 <laughs> seconds ago, the head coach is in You're the middle of the You're probably not allowed to do that. not allowed to do that. But, PG, I went on... I went on a bit there, but what's your reflection of that last try? Because I've tried to relate that all the way back to John Chalk, mm. saying back yourself. What was your reflection of that? Well, just quickly, I'll, I'll take that with me, that lesson and that story. That's into my next phase of my, my career as a general manager is that, you know, don't, don't, don't skate on, skate on it. Nice. You know, just get into it. You know? yeah. So that's just back yourself. So there'll be decisions I'll have to make around just backing my Next time we catch up with Danny Badiris, we will hear his take on that origin try. We will catch up on how the new job has been in this challenging time. We'll hear about his premiership wins, his teammates, some of whom are some of the greatest in history, and much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Danny and part one, Danny Badiris. Look out for Danny Badiris part two. This episode of GTE is brought to you by Painaway. 
Australia's number one joint and muscle relief since 1999. Find out more at painaway.com. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of GTE with Hayden Knowles. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review to help grow the team.